It's okay if you missed your favorite show. Podcasts are ready. The all-new ESPN Chicago app is here. This is Chicago's home for sports. This is ESPN 1000. Bear Bonanza! Ryan and Matt are our football guys. Ryan and Matt, <laughs> Act Two. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Dion Miller. Meller and Miller in for Greeny today as we continue on with the Bears Bonanza here on ESP 1000, and we'll be taking your calls throughout the entirety of the show. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Dion Miller of ABC Seven. The Hello. Bears have their 17th head coach in franchise history. His name is Matt Eberflus. Yeah, we're running it back with Ryan and Matt. We are. Running it back. Um, I don't know how to feel. I, I am losing enthusiasm the longer it takes for me to actually meet these people. Hmm. So is that maybe I shouldn't say that it just it when you announce that you've got a new GM and a new head coach, there is energy behind that. That is kind of like a deflated balloon right now. Right. It's like, eh, wah, wah. and I don't want to feel that way. We got the news way. about Ryan Poles on Tuesday. Correct. So they could have, if they chose to, given him his own opportunity to meet the media alone. That yes. would have been perfectly reasonable. Certainly he was he had the undertaking of hiring the head coach. We've been led to believe that it was Ryan Poles, it was his choice, his decision to go ahead and hire Matt Eberflus. I'm sure he'll be asked about that Yeah, when he does meet the media. But they could have taken the opportunity to give Ryan Poles his own press conference and meet the media. And then I would imagine, you know, when they do introduce both Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to the media and the Bears fan base... That we'll probably get about an hour of a press conference. That's generally the, yeah. they, you know, maybe maybe they'll go let it go a little bit longer. Because there's two of them. But maybe. it does allow them to limit the opportunities the media will have to ask press, pressing questions of the two as they are both first-time GM and head coach here. And being paired together, that for me is a bit of a concern Amongst other things, Dion, that we'll get to in the next couple hours here, but the fact that we have two people who have never done the jobs that they're being hired to do today. Right. Never. And now, is it, my question is, obviously, the number one question is, who's your offensive coordinator? That, who are you placing Justin Fields into the hands of to develop him to be the franchise QB that they are aching for him to be? And is it too much to ask, Jeff, that that person have... A lot of experience, have some experience, more than the two of them combined, than this edition of Matt and Ryan. Could this person have more experience? So are you asking as an OC in particular? Yes. I would prefer that this person have experience. I know it's been suggested. I know Sylvie mentioned it yesterday. Jim Caldwell, there's no reason, there's nothing stopping you as an organization from going out and trying to make it enticing to Jim Caldwell, who was, you know, one of the finalists for the head coaching job and asking him, hey. We liked the presentation that you gave regarding Justin Fields. Would you be willing to be paired up with Matt Eberflus, especially considering that Eberflus's specialty is on the defensive side of the ball? Yes. That is an interesting idea that I, you know, I think they could consider. I don't know, though, if you're Matt Eberflus, if you're in love with that idea, right? Right. Everybody, when they get their head coaching opportunity, for the most part, I think 
have a general idea of who they want to be on there as their staff. And I would expect that Eberflus probably has several ideas of people who he could see being his OC. Mm-hmm. I doubt Jim Caldwell would be wanting one of them, just seeing as how they haven't really overlapped anywhere in their careers. Correct. I, I would, other than ringing endorsements that he's heard from people who know the same people, that's where the only way that that could be tied together. But for Eberflus, you don't earn a second interview with Chicago. You don't also get that interest from Jacksonville unless you come in and say, I have a plan for these two bright young quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. He would have to have pitched something there to win the job, I one would think. Sure, and we'll see. We'll get our own chance to evaluate what his answer to those questions are when he meets the media. I would imagine he would be a little bit more forthcoming in those interviews, right? Yeah. Um, hopefully, he didn't do what Matt Nagy did, as we learn later on in retrospect, and basically tell Ryan Pace, hey, you know, I can work with Mitch Trubisky. He's yeah. my guy. And then we find out within a year that Matt Nagy had come to the quick realization that Trubisky wasn't going to work here. Right. Because, as you pointed out, the OC hire right now, I think, is the most important thing. In fact, the way the current NFL is and where the Bears are at as an organization with Justin Fields, I think the OC is probably a more important hire right now than Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Because I think everything the Bears want to do as an organization is going to be tied directly to Justin Fields over the yes. next four years. Yes, yes. And, and you don't want them to go through the next season and then suddenly realize, nope, we hired a guy who, who is going to come in and this quarterback be forced upon him and he's going to say like Matt Nagy did, no, this is not the guy for me or for our offense. But one thing that Eberflus comes in having and, and having a reputation of is his ability to adjust, his ability to say, okay, here's our personnel and here's how we can make them successful. He is not so rigid in his plan that he can't adjust. What was the number one criticism of Matt Nagy? That he could not adjust. Sure. And that was why Trubisky was not his guy because he couldn't cater to what Trubisky did well. I'm curious, Bears fans out there, 312-332-3776, are you more excited today after the Bears have officially announced the hiring of Matt Eberflus last night as the 17th head coach in franchise history, are you more excited about the hiring of Matt Eberflus than you were about Matt Nagy? Because I'll tell you right now, as poorly as it went with Matt Nagy, I am less inspired by the Matt Eberflus hiring. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that this won't work out much better, but the truth is I do think the Bears in a lot of ways are living in the past they're thinking about the nfl and the glory years um running the football hard defense and i mean how can they still think uh, how can they watch the divisional playoffs of last weekend mm -hmm. and walk away thinking that like how how can they how can how how help me have their actions shown you though with the hiring of matt eberflus that it's not that no no i mean we talked about this on black monday when they cleaned house it was like they almost cleaned the house right like they clean the way i do where they put everything away and they brought in some new fresh things but didn't (laughs) get in the corners and 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 they hire someone to come in and and, uh, do the job for you right (laughs) right right right. they hire someone on the outside who doesn't even know where the cobwebs are in your house to come in and fix things right do a, a, a makeover for me. So looking <laughs> at Matt Eberflus, I'm sorry, as a, a 51-year-old lifetime defensive-minded coach who gets his first crack at it here, I'm curious because Justin Fields for me is all that matters right now for yes. the Bears. Because everything else on this roster, you know, when you look at the, the uh, lifespan of an NFL player, for the most part, if you're not the quarterback position, 
asking you know a, a player to have or looking at it and saying this uh, this career is longer than five years, I think is a bit naive. Right. The reality is the only person you can truly build around in this NFL is the quarterback. Yes, and no question. It, they're already tied to Justin Fields, whether they like it or not, because Ryan Pace was given the autonomy to go ahead and draft him last year. And so in order to do that, he gave up this year's first round pick. So Ryan Poles is already hamstrung in that regard. But he has Justin Fields on the roster. Mm-hmm. And so I'm confused as to why they thought Matt Eberflus, the defensive minded coach, was the best way to go here. Yeah, uh, and, I don't know. I want to hear why. And neither Dan Quinn nor Jim Caldwell were really better answers for me either. No, same, same. So right now, on you know, as we're looking at this before we've had a chance to listen to what they say, I'm confused, and I feel like there's a lot of red flags here. And as a Bears fan, even I don't know what they could say, Dion, in the press conference, which we assume will be early next week, probably Monday. Yeah. I don't know what they could say, though, that could really convince me until I see something tangible. And I don't know what OC out there right now will get people excited. Pep Hamilton, you know, the rumors surrounding him. Um, You know, Mike Kafka's name has been mentioned. That's another Kansas City, uh, you know, disciple from from Matt Nagy. So I'm curious. Like right now, it's change, which is good. But yeah, is there is this the best path forward for the Bears going with a defensive minded coach? And who doesn't seem, I'm sorry, I I haven't seen the evidence right now that he has an OC in mind. Usually, you would think we would have heard a name that was the top of Iberflus' list. Right. The OC. But it sounds like they're going to be open to taking plenty of interviews and applications and seeing who impresses them. And... For a guy they should, his first they have shot. to get this right, which is what we said about the GM. That's what we said about the head coach. They have to get this right. Did they? I mean, now, now as just what you said, the offensive coordinator now becomes such a such a, a an appealing job for offensive minded coaches out there who are so excited to get their hands on a young quarterback and develop him to compete in the league the way that that he feels like he belongs in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that does make the job super appealing, but. But they have to get this right, Jeff. Like you can't, you can't screw this up because now you're set back even further than you were when you hired Mark Tressman instead of Bruce Arians. When you went with John Fox for whatever reason, forced him upon Ryan Pace, and then you went with Matt Nagy, who couldn't, who couldn't kind of didn't have the experience to be ready to take the offense to the next level. So now you've got a defensive-minded coach, which will, has can bring in an OC and allow that OC to have autonomy and do his do his thing with an elite quarterback but nothing else like nothing much else on the roster yeah. and let's be honest somebody who we hope is elite yeah he still has yet yes. to really prove it at the nfl level let's try joe who's on the northwest side wants to talk about the bears officially making the announcement that matt eberflus is the 17th head coach in franchise history joe you're on with meller and miller in for greeny today on espn 1000 what's going on bud hey can you t- uh thanks for taking the call yeah joe um i'm cautiously optimistic in a sense, because I think Poles is a more experienced and better uh, better perspective GM, and Eberflus is a more experienced coach. But um, I have to say this. Um, I'm retired colonel in the Army, and now I've 15 years in construction management, and i got to say the Chicago Bears have a terrible – uh, organizational structure. 
they need to have a vice president or president of football operations. Because if we would have had, had that, we wouldn't have the fumbling of the firing mm-hmm. of Nagy. We wouldn't have, we would know when the press conferences will be, um, or maybe even had them. It, and here's what I'm scared of. You have basically an, a brand new first time GM. Who does he turn to in that building to help take the load off him? Because sure. I got news for you. This, uh, this stadium project is going to be a billion dollar, uh, undertaking and in construction management, you usually hire a firm to handle that. You don't try and do it in-house. And I'm just scared that given all the things that are in flux, not to mention you, you who, who's your capologist? Who's so, your offensive coordinator? Well, Joe, Joe, Joe they, 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 I appreciate the call, Joe. we got plenty of people that who want to check in, so I do have to run here. The one thing I'll say is they have plenty of people. Cliff Stein is still um, amongst he, – he's a longtime guy who has experience with the cap. I believe he's the general counsel and senior mm-hmm. VP of the Bears. He's still a member of the organization. He'll be able to guide Ryan Poles when it comes to cap considerations. Not overly concerned about that. But I do think Joe makes a, a good point there, Dion asking the question, who does Ryan Poles turn to when he oh. finds himself in the inevitable position of having to make a decision on something he's never experienced before. That's that's the million that was that was where they failed Ryan Pace was they had nobody there to do that. And how and and McCaskey, George can always come back to well, well I said I said I'm not I'm not a football guy. This is I'm taking my hands off of this. And they need someone in that position, maybe an assistant GM, someone who can who can just be that person, who can be that sounding board and kind of help Ryan Poles take this next step in his growth. He's very young. He's going to have tons of energy. He's going to have a lot of his own ideas. He didn't get this job without coming in with a plan. He didn't. Sure. It's a huge undertaking, right? So you hope that he'll he'll have that confidence to say, I, I need some help to also have somebody there with me to kind of take this franchise to the next level where they belong, a charter franchise in the NFL. They belong with the elite. They're so far away from it, Jeff. They're so far. And, and he can't look at that roster and not say that. He can't watch the team he just left, the Kansas City Chiefs, pull off the performance they did a week ago against a Buffalo Bills team that is also now in that conversation and come to the Bears and look at the roster and say, okay, wow, we're just a couple of guys away. No, they're not. They're not. And so he needs, he's going to need that help, I think. She's Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. Meller and Miller in for Greeny today on this Bears Bonanza Friday as we are reacting to the Bears officially naming Matt Eberflus their head coach. We're taking your calls on ESPN 1000. Have the do the Bears actually have a de facto team president? We'll discuss that next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Bear Bonanza. Meller and Miller in for Greeny today as we react to the Bears officially naming Matt Eberflus their head coach. And, of course, the residual reaction to Ryan Poles as their GM as well. I'm Jeff Meller alongside ABC7's Dion Miller. We usually do the uh, Bears pregame show for you during the season. So happy to have the opportunity to react with you discussing these big hirings for the organization. And, Dion, I asked the question 
as we went to break, a lot of people, including, including our previous caller, Joe, there wanted to know, have been asking for a team president yeah. to help guide the Bears. And that position clearly does not exist. And uh, whether, <laughs> They're not going to create it, even whether, for the right football guru. Correct. They will not create this position. And so, you know, that leads them to hiring consultants like Bill Polian and Ernie Corsi. And but the question is. With the hiring of Ryan Poles and the hiring of Matt Eberflus, both Trace Armstrong clients, yes. I ask the question, you know, because I think the last time we did this, we brought his name up, right? We did. We did. And discussed the idea. Awesome. Uh, yes. He clearly is somebody who has accomplished quite a bit during his career, not just on the field, but probably more off the field. And so we threw around the idea of making a run at him. But when both his clients are the ones who end up getting the, you know, the prominent roles in the Bears organization, I think you have to ask the question, you know, you know what? Trace doesn't even need to take the job because guess what? He can go ahead and direct them where to go. <laughs> yes. And his clients uh, go ahead and get the gigs. So maybe Trace Armstrong is your de facto team president. He just doesn't have to suffer these slings and arrows if things don't go well in front of the media. That's true. And I think maybe he can be that guy. I think. I will say, as someone who has an agent, mm-hmm. I, my agent serves as counsel sure. when I have questions. I mean, I, I've called before when the things come up. So perhaps this can be a role that he has just without the title. And like you said, not having to face the media or ownership of what decisions are made. So where will- I don't hate that idea. Yeah, and listen, Ryan Poles hopefully has made plenty of contacts throughout his career in the NFL, you know, I know it's, you know, his time has been spent in Kansas City um, in the front office, but uh, obviously that was through three different regimes. Yeah. So hopefully he's had the opportunity to network and make plenty of people uh, who he can rely on and reach out to if need be. I know that Scott Pioli, who um, hired him, yeah. uh, was on with Waddle and Sylvie a couple days ago and spoke very highly of him. And so in I believe Pioli, Pioli even mentioned um, at one point, having you know what he had told ryan about you know what he's going to be in for and what he's going to face i think the problem is that you can be as as impressive as you want in an interview and you can go ahead and you know i don't want to say um this it wouldn't be deception but you can kind of fool people and until you actually get in the job and start doing it you you know nobody's going to know Right. Because he's never done it before, whether or not Ryan Poles is good at the job. And so that's the that's a concern for me is the fact that he's 36, has never done it. And now he's going he's paired with a first time head coach. Yeah. Who's never done it. And so now you're asking two guys and you're hoping you can get both hires right. I'm not saying it's impossible and that it won't work out. I'm just saying that the task is that much more difficult, I think, when you're putting Two first-time guys yeah. in these jobs. Uh, now, like Joe, our previous caller, had said before the break that he does like the fact that they have more experience. They've seen more. Now, Poles has been with the Chiefs the most. But as you said, different regimes, different changes around him. And you don't earn the high praise if you're not able to connect at a personal level with sure. people, right? So he he does have that strength coming into it, for sure. And Eberflus has also been around different franchises and mm-hmm. come up through the college and then gone into, he was with the Browns, he was with the Cowboys, of course, and then in Indy. So he's seen things that have worked and that have not. He just hasn't done the whole time game management stuff. And we've seen, we've seen coaches fumble that here in Chicago. So you're hopeful that he's open to learning this next step for him. And then also has the people around him that are going to be helping him 
to set him up for success, too, as a head coach. Let's go now to Rosemont and say hello to Bob. Good afternoon, Bob. You're on with Miller and Miller in for Good afternoon to you both. What's up, Bobby? Uh, uh, number number one, and, and I, I agree with your point, uh, Jeff, in terms of the, uh, the fact that polls would have had to develop a strong network and some mentors mm-hmm. uh, in order to withstand three regimes in Kansas City. So I have really very little concern that he will have a sounding board outside the organization if he doesn't have one within it. Uh, second point uh, on Eberflus's hiring, I'm less concerned about whether he's a defensive-minded coach or an offensive-minded coach. I'm just concerned that he'd be a self-assured-minded coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that by, by that I mean that if he, if he is willing to hire an innovative offensive coordinator without concern that that person is going to take the attention away from him as the head coach, then I'm very comfortable with the fact that he's a defensive coordinator uh, with his, with that kind of background because I, I think that the defensive coordinator in the NFL is in the best position to determine what staffs give him the most problems mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in, in coordinating his defenses. And then, then he's got to be willing to do what I think Lovey Smith was unwilling to do during his tenure, and that is to hire offensive coordinators that he was willing to allow to overshadow him potentially. I think he always hired second-tiered uh, offensive coordinators because he didn't want there to be a, a, a strong presence on that side of the ball uh, to deal with, uh, to be his replacement in the event his defenses continued to be strong, but his offenses continued to flounder. So as long as Eberflus with this hire demonstrates that he is confident enough to have a strong presence on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think there's any cause for concern. Uh, one one thing I do uh, have a concern about is that I heard some rumblings about the fact that he's looking at the Shanahan staff and, 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 and a, and a uh, member of that staff who, again, has not called play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that kind of creates a problem where you got the Matt Nagy scenario revisited. And uh, notwithstanding the Shanahan tree, uh, I don't want there to be another situation where the trunk is very strong and the branches don't exist. So uh, I'll be interested to see, but I don't share your immediate concerns with the hire, and I'm optimistic that uh, that the polls made the right call and that uh, he did it for the right reasons. Thanks for the time. Well, well said, Bob. That's a very, very well said. Bob Good always call, Bob. has uh, great points. I guess um, it's. There's some red flags, I guess, to reiterate. Bob's right that uh, a good DC can actually be very helpful to a quarterback, and uh, I've said it numerous times in the past, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have both referenced how Tony Dungy and Bill Belichick were critical in helping them understand, you know, the, uh, the points, you know, where you can stress a defense. And so there's no doubt, Bob, you're right, that uh, if Matt Eberflus, uh, you know, lives up to some of the hype we've heard about him, then yes, he could be a great asset for Justin Fields. Now, I also have to add the caveat that I think Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are probably, if not the two most cerebral quarterbacks to ever come through the league. And so that is another thing where I don't know if I can necessarily put Eberflus and Fields together and just go ahead and make that assumption. Again, these are all things that need to kind of play out before our eyes. Mm -hmm. And right now, you know, after him being named last night, we're kind of making these knee-jerk reactions. And I'm kind of just throwing, okay, this is a red flag for me. This is what I'm concerned about when I look at Matt Eberflus and what I've seen in his coaching tenure and why I'm a little bit concerned right now. I love, though, the way that Bob stated that, that if he cannot have his ego get in the way of hiring somebody. And I, I think that 
over the years, that's what we saw from Matt Nagy. He did not want an offensive coordinator to come in there and take the shine away from his ability to call plays. And then when that happened, it was like he was floundering. He didn't know where his place was because this was supposed to be his specialty. And then he wasn't successful at it. And I do think his ego got in the way and he was unable to say, we're just going to let Bill do this because he didn't want somebody to outshine his shine, which which faded so quickly, much quicker than anybody wanted it to. Yeah, and, and Eberflus, you know, if experience means anything, he has, you know, a decade on Matt Nagy yes. in terms of getting his first crack at it. So hopefully he'll have more experiences to draw upon if things go haywire, haywire which they inevitably will in yeah. the NFL. You will be dealt problems and you will have to find ways and solutions to those problems. And so hope for, hopefully Eberflus will surround himself with, as Bob just pointed out, people who can help him find those right answers to the questions, right? But yeah. I, I will say, you know, I think it becomes more difficult when you have a first-time GM and a first-time head coach having to take these new undertakings. You know, yeah. It's like oh, it is. It anybody is. who's ever done a job where they've, you know, where they've risen up, and all of a sudden you have new responsibilities and things you've never embarked on before. Totally. You know, you have to kind of find your way through it. Yeah. And you know, everybody's been a first timer at their job. Everybody has, but this is such a. The Bears need so much. They need so much to get back in the right direction to be back to being consistently competitive. They need so much cleanup, and that's where bringing in guys who don't have a ton of experience at doing that is is level of concern. That is where the red flag is, and you're like, okay, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like I feel like we've been saying that for a decade, Mm -hmm. and that isn't comforting. She's ABC7's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. We're in for Greeny today with a Bears Bonanza on ESPN 1000 reacting to the hiring of Bears new head coach Matt Eberflus. And I asked the question, Dion, does one of the Bears' best players have a big change in store? I want to ask you about that next. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Bear <laughs> Bonanza. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Dion Miller. We are in for Greeny today as we continue to discuss the huge changes up at Hallis Hall. They have officially hired both their GM in Ryan Poles and their new head coach, the Indianapolis defensive coordinator for the last four seasons, Matt Eberflus. And we are taking your reaction to that. And my question for you, Dion, with Matt Eberflus coming in and having run a predominantly cover two style defense, Mm -hmm. something that Bears fans are very familiar with under the Lovey Smith era and having um, learned and been a linebackers coach in Dallas under Rod Marinelli. Matt Eberflus now, I would imagine, is going to be looking for an impact player from his Will linebacker. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, Lance Briggs filled that role uh, in, an, in an absolutely uh, great way during his Dominant time way. with the Bears. Yeah. And, of course, Derek Brooks did probably played that role the best uh, with a Hall of Fame career under Lovey Smith in yep. Tampa. And so the question is, Roquan Smith currently, you know, having been the middle linebacker in the 3-4 defense over the last four years, will he be asked to move to the weak side linebacker position, which does really have an opportunity to go ahead and, you know, ball out 
yeah. in, in this scheme. I'm, I'm curious if that will be something Matt Eberflus looks at Roquan Smith's skill set and says, you know what? You're an excellent middle linebacker. You and I had the discussion when the Pro Bowlers were yeah. named how Roquan Smith, as good as he, he, he was, he didn't have those splash plays. He kind of lacked the interceptions and sacks. And so that was the reason why he didn't you know, get the nod as the uh, Pro Bowl middle linebacker. I'm curious to see if Matt Eberflus will ask him to change positions. I don't, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The one thing we talked about with Roquan this season, especially, was just his ability to fly to the ball. And Matt Eberflus, we'll hear from him a yes. little bit later on. We're going to open the notebook. Yes, I'm so we excited. are. We're going back um, for, for anybody who uh, listened to us during the season. You know that Deanne Miller, we'd go inside the notebook and she'd give us all the latest happenings. And we've got a special Matt Eberflus edition of the notebook today for you. So you can hear from the new Bears head coach at least what is important to him or yes. has been during his coaching career. We'll let you hear that in a little bit. And and it will be reiterated many times as we get to know him, but hustle is where it starts, right? Hustle, fly into the ball. That is Roquan Smith. That yes. is who he is. He was he could not be ignored last season. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. And that's the kind of style of player he is. And and if he's negotiating his own contracts, like that's what he can point to is the tape doesn't lie, right? Like he's everywhere. He his ability to get to the ball is so key and will be so key for this defense. And so I, it's not out of the realm of possibility to ask him to change positions. It's he would embrace it. I think he would. I genuinely do. Yeah, I have no doubt based on what we've learned about Roquan Smith during his time here with the Bears that he's somebody who will do whatever the team asks him to do. Correct. And I do think that the possibility exists where this will uh, really highlight his skills and make him a bigger impact player. You know, the problem for me with Roquan has never been about Roquan right. as much as it is about the position that he's playing and how middle linebacker in 2022 is not the same type of impact player that it once was. You know, right. we're talking about edge rushers and you want linebackers who can make those splash plays and create turnovers and you, who are asked to cover more or potentially yeah. blitz. You know, Roquan really hasn't been asked to blitz much and I don't expect him to do that as if he is, if he does take on the wall linebacker, but you know, the opportunity to excel more in coverage and potentially have a few more interceptions because he did that quite well at yeah. Georgia during his college career. And I do think that that's something that we haven't seen enough of. He's only got five interceptions in his career during four seasons with the Bears. And I think he could do more if given the opportunity. So that's something I'll be curious to see if Matt Eberflus is asked about in that opening press conference, how he sees yeah. Roquan Smith playing in his defense. And also for Ryan Poles, the same Roquan equation, that's one of his first big decisions. Uh, Roquan, yeah. as you mentioned, like he's, he's up for a contract. This is the last year of his rookie deal. And the Bears are going to have to consider just how much do they want to pay him. You know, again, middle linebacker, if he's if he's yeah. playing that spot, maybe not uh, quite the same. The comp would be Darius Leonard yeah. in, in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. You yeah. know, he is a perennial pro bowler and all pro. Yeah. And so but I think Roquan Smith physically is capable of potentially doing exactly what Darius Leonard does. So that's something I think that is, uh, I could be a huge positive huge. if uh, we see that going forward. Let's try Gus, who's in Romeoville. Gus, you're hey on guys. with uh, yeah, Meller and Miller. Hey, everyone. Long time Bears fan, following them since 1958, days of George, uh, uh, Joe Fortunato and Bill George. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem I see is that this combination is not going to work because it's been an experiment that, most defensive coordinators do not make good head coaches because they want to do ball control, gain yardage, but they don't put points on the board. And that's what's going to happen. And you can't be successful 
if you have underachievers with players that are on that team. There's going to have to be a lot of cuts that are going to have to be done. And who's going to want to come to Chicago to play for an organization that does not want to honor player incentives? You answer that one for me, please. So, uh, listen, again, like there's plenty of defensive coordinators who have had very illustrious careers in the league. That's not something. For me, though, I do think there's been a change in the way the league has been played over the last decade. And I'll actually share something with people here coming up in a little bit from a from a Hall of Fame quarterback um, about how the quarterback position and the importance of it has changed, changed in, lot, yeah. in, in this league. Uh, we'll do that at 1 o'clock after Deion's notebook. But um, I think it's not the fact that he's a D.C. that is necessarily the problem. The question for me is he's a first-time head coach. Yeah. And this franchise in particular – is tied to Justin Field's success on the field more than some of the other jobs that are out there right now. You know, yeah. I I don't know, and I don't think anybody can confidently tell you that Eberflus has you know the answers offensively for what's going to make this thing right. But I do believe in 2022, if you want to be a successful franchise year after year, you have to have a strong offense. You do, I, and I know it's a three phase game. We saw special teams cost the Packers, and you know this past weekend. Yeah, but the truth is, I think if you want to have a successful team that goes to the playoffs year after year, I really do think it's incumbent you have a good offense. Just look at oh, the teams that were to. in the, in the division the uh, weekend here. What has been? That has been the hang-up with the Bears for so long. The defense, which is aging right before their eyes, and having an offense that cannot even can't even get into like the middle ground league wide right like they can't even get out of like the 28 to 30 ranking like they can't mm-hmm. get up they can't compete consistently and that's where the and now they're tied to justin fields at least for a couple of seasons to see what they can do with him and that's that's a huge task to ask somebody to come in and take that on i don't think having a defensive minded head coach is going to be a detriment to that i really don't if they can get the oc right if they yes. can get that right I don't see that Eberflus is going to if he can if he can rally the troops and he can get everybody on the same page, then then it doesn't matter. Then then I don't think that him being a defensive minded head coach is really going to weigh that much beyond the initial start of his tenure. And again, in about five minutes, we'll let you hear from Matt Eberflus, uh, some of his philosophies in Indianapolis as we go inside Deanna Miller's notebook. But uh, we're going to continue to take some calls here on ESPN 1000. Catherine is in Schaumburg. Hey, Catherine, you're uh, not too impressed right now with some of these hirings. Well, it's not that. It's just like, you know, first of all, I want to say that Dan and Jeff, you guys are nailing it today. Um, I've been a season ticket holder since the late 70s. And um, I've said for 25 years, this franchise will not go anywhere as long as Virginia McCaskey is alive, a la old man work. You know, um, George has a little bit more gum gumption than um, Michael did. But he's still, I think, under mommy's purse strings. So, and that's why they don't have, you know, that's why Ted Phillips is still there. She's just so loyal, mm-hmm. so loyal. And this, and Dion, when you said this franchise is is nothing, you know, do you, not your words, but we've fallen so far. And it, the fall began with Mark Tressman, who absolutely sucked football life out of me um, oh, as a Bear fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. No, it, I no, mean, it, 
What? I'm uh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, no, I, yes, that's accurate. That's the only reason that I chuckle and exhale that way because it's true. I think, it was, I think Mark Trussman sucked the life out of Dion as well. Catherine. It was, it was, it was a challenging oh. couple of seasons, <laughs> but it, I, it's, it's disappointing. And you're not the only season ticket holder, Catherine, who's saying like, I don't know if I want to commit to this anymore. And that is, that's depressing. As someone who covers the team in the third largest city in the country and the second biggest NFL market and, and to have to, and to say that, that fans are losing their faith and losing their energy and enthusiasm, that's, that's depressing. It's depressing. Yeah. Again, like we're about, you know, a little over 24 hours since we get, we learned the news from Adam Schefter, probably 26 or 27 hours now when Adam Schefter, you know, dropped the, uh, the Schefter bomb on Twitter that the Bears were deciding to go with Matt Eberflus. And the more I hear about Matt Eberflus, the less excited I am. Again, that's not to say that this can't work out and be great, but you know, I, I'm concerned and have reservations. And Catherine, for as bad as Trestman was, the offense, believe it or not, was mm-hmm. one of the most successful runs the Bears have ever had during his first year with the Bears. And it's because they had Jay Cutler in place, you know, and you remember the skill position players that were there. Matt Forte was running the ball and catching the ball in the backfield, caught 100 passes yeah. in Mark Trestman. I believe it was Who his was first his season. first year uh, uh, offensive coordinator? For Trestman? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even, I have to think now. I can go back and look, but like, I remember, because Trustman was calling the plays. Right. But, the, I mean, we had Brandon Marshall, Elshon Jeffrey, Martellus yeah. Bennett. You had, you had, that's the last time the Bears' offense really, I think, struck fear in anybody's heart. And so, as bad as the Trustman ride was, I felt like at least they chose the direction. Yeah. Where they were trying to play modern football. And I'm not sure, again, you can win. With a defensive-minded head coach, if you if you pick the right OC, right, and the, right. Again, it's right. been laid out numerous times. If your OC is successful, though, he could be be using this as a springboard to his next head coaching job, but his that's, first head that's coaching job. That's what you job. want, absolutely. That's what you want. It I is. want that's, such a such a good offensive coordinator that he becomes the buzz around the league. I would love that. That's absolutely the best case scenario. However, my concern is is that they have chosen the more difficult path. To trying to win in the Why NFL. Why do they do that to themselves? Why? I, like, oh I my mean, gosh. It, maybe people disagree with me, but I, I'm no, sorry. No, they have. It has turned into an offensive league. Yes. And, you know, we saw it again. Like, is, is anyone out there ne- really not picking the Chiefs to win the Super no. Bowl? Like, you, you, it's, they may not. They may get upset. Yeah. But for the most part, when you make your picks... Oftentimes, you're looking at the quarterback position. Yes. And more times than not, you're going to be right mm-hmm. if you know anything about the league. The successful quarterbacks go to the playoffs year after year, and they're the ones who are winning the Super Bowls. Now, maybe you can say, hey, Patrick Mahomes lost last year to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, his offensive line was decimated by injury. And oh, by the way, the Bucks had the GOAT on the other yeah, side as well. It's totally, not like It's totally. not like they beat him without, without, with a Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Right. It can be done. I just think the Bears having gone with Matt Eberflus, have made the task that much more difficult to win in this current iteration of the NFL. Well, of those three candidates, though, any of them, would we be sitting here really excited about the three candidates that that were rumored to be their finalists or the ones that they kind of laid out there that none of them were inspiring to me? None of them. No. Well, and that was when you when we got to the list of three finalists. Clearly, I think that's why some people were crossing their fingers and hoping that Ryan Poles might have a couple stray candidates who were going to get extra interviews that 
that was the hope, right? right. Is that right. maybe, just maybe, even though he was going to interview the three finalists on his own, he would go and turn to two or three others who he wanted to talk with. But that obviously wasn't the case. Right. Well, then this morning, you know, Cap was talking about how that Eberflus had a chance to meet with these with the GM candidates. He was among all of them. They kind of inter interwove when they were just interviewing going through the process so i know this was he polls didn't meet him on tuesday afternoon and then and hire him 36 hours later like that isn't how that worked of course but at the same time it does feel like he was presented candidates he wasn't given autonomy to say i'm going to talk to this guy because this is who i think would fit well with what i want to do and how i want to build the bears forward it doesn't feel like that was the way that went down 312-332-3776, taking your calls about the Bears hiring of both Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles. Up next, we'll let you hear from the head coach inside Dean Miller's Notebook. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Bear Bonanza! Miller and Miller in for Greeny today on ESPN 1000, reacting to the Bears officially naming Matt Eberflus the 17th head coach in franchise history and also Ryan Poles as the new GM as well. Of course, you know Deion Miller from not just her work here on ESPN 1000 during the season with the pregame show, but also she covers the Bears for ABC 7 as well, which is why... We uh, ask her from time to time to go ahead and uh, crack open that notebook and let us know what's going on. So this is the special Matt Eberflus edition. Dion Miller cracks open her notepad to bring you inside Hallis Hall. It's still my favorite, most intimidating introduction that I get anywhere. Yes. Okay, so we had to do some digging for this notebook because we have not yet heard from the Bears' new head coach. But I was told yesterday, speaking with uh, a couple of reporters from Indianapolis, that he is all about this HITS principle. H-I-T-S. HITS principle. So we found, along with the help of my producers at ABC7, we found a Zoom interview with Eberflus where he explained what... HITS stands for. It's one of our pillars. It starts with hustle. And, you know, we have a, you know, a, uh, a saying here, we, you know, we play on the HITS principle and it's really, it's really starts with H, you know, the H is the hustle part of it. And then the I is the, how we play with intensity. You know, the T is taking the ball away and then uh, the S is being smart situationally. So we, that's the pillars we've had since we've been here. It's, it's the HITS principle. We talk about it every single day. It's in our defensive room. It's all over the place. And, and uh, that, that's the number one thing because it is the number one thing. Hustle, intensity, take away the ball, smart situationally. I can get behind that on all fronts. It just, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm behind his explanation. But it could have been, it's over Zoom. I mean, I'm going to give him that caveat. It's over Zoom. It was, it was not enthusiastic. But he, but he goes on. But he was asked more Ooh. about. Oh, good. Yeah, we, we, have we, have, we have more. We have more, we have more oh, on the hits principle. Jeff, we have more. You're not. Eberflus is not helping me, Dion. This well, is not I'm, alleviating I'm my, some where, of my concerns. Where the hits principle explanation came up during his job interview. File that away for the press conference questions. Okay, so here he goes into. He's asked more about hustle and why hustle is where it all starts from. And here's what he had to say. Well, I think it makes up for a lot of things. You know, when you're playing defensive football, uh, for example. When they threw that screen pass in the fourth quarter, and uh, Kenny ended up popping the ball out, you know, strip attempting there. You had, uh, you know, Stallworth, and then Mo was there, and, and guys were there because the ball was out. And and if we were not getting out of the stack and hustling on that particular play, 
uh, one of the Raiders could have jumped on that football and we wouldn't have had the field position and the game-changing play that we, we, we end up getting. So uh, we know that we're trying to uh, strip at the football every single play. And what, one of the reasons why we, we hustle is that, because we want to be able to uh, recover the fumble. But also... Okay, I mean, lost me, right? Like, I understand that he is, he's all about hustle, and that goes for all sides of the ball, but it isn't inspiring. That wasn't inspiring, was it? Did Now, I know we've been critical of Eddie Jackson at times for his inability to tackle. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if hustle's been a huge issue for the defense. I don't know either. Uh, you but know, that's clearly going to be a point of emphasis for him yeah. coming in. All right. Moving All right. Now, on. Here, is, here is where I cringed. Uh-oh. I cringed. This is where you cringed? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I cringed again, maybe is a better way to say it. No, this is... I actually think that I had PTSD when I heard this um, soundbite from him. I, again, I don't know the date, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> just just listen. And Bears fans, you'll know. You'll you'll recognize where where I wanted to take cover. Okay, well, go ahead. the first thing that you do that we did when we got here was educate. And you start with education, uh, educating the coaches in terms of what a loaf is. And then you, you talk about the parameters. You show the tape and you say, okay, this is a loaf. Um, this is why it's a loaf. These are the categories of what that means. And then once they learn it, okay, then they start to, to teach it to Then we teach it to the players. You got to teach it to the players and say, and then show them why it's so important for, for our teaching that, that you really, you affect the guy through his mind. He understands why, why that's so important because then you can make true change, um, you know, with, with habits, because if you don't do that, if you don't teach him why, he's like, well, why am I, you know, I don't understand. This is this is ridiculous. The ball's way over there, and I'm not, you're asking me to run. The ball's over there. And then we show him why, hey, because this guy caused a fumble, and then you'll be the guy who recovered it. You'd never know the chance that you had to recover it if you were loafing on the backside. So. Okay. Did you hear it? I heard, uh, yeah, it's important to understand the whys, Dion. The whys. Uh, we've, hmm. we've had four years of trying to understand the whys. Please don't make us understand the whys. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, I can't do this again. Is we this can't a- say we just got to figure out the whys every time we lose. Did you happen to watch a Colts game yesterday? No wonder he asked us so many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good right? point, Tyler. Oh, very boy. good point. Right. Again. Oh, you guys. Not very inspiring, Dion. No, it's not. That's why they need to have this press conference and introduce us to the new regime so that we can hear the energy that they have that they're bringing into this moment. Because there was no energy in that. That was so flat. So flat. That is the voice. That not flat voice is the voice (laughs) of ABC7's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. We're in for Greeny today here on ESPN 1000. Bears Bonanza taking plenty of your calls, reacting to... The less than inspiring, Matt Eberflus. Oh. That was Dion Miller. That way. It's been 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll plow through it. We'll plow through the snow. Uh, you mentioned it is it's a beautiful. real life. It's a real life snow globe. It you said, and today. I think you're right. Inside the first Midwest Bank studio. All right. Continuing on, more of your calls. And up next, we will let you hear from a Hall of Famer, a Hall of Fame quarterback, who says the quarterback position is more important than it's ever been. We'll do that in just two minutes.